Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is what you have heard so much hype about and what you have been anticipating for since we put this announcement out that we are having our usual midnight motivation. We're having it at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Why? Because we were blessed, ladies and gentlemen, to get three of the most in-demand speakers in this region to come together on one virtual stage tonight to close out our 30 days of recognition of African-American accomplishments in America. We've got three dynamic speakers, friends of ours, friends of this show, friends of this community, and friends of this region, Greg Singleton, Reginald Midget, and Tamari Wallace. I want you guys to know this, that if you came to this three times the fire event tonight, ready for just some nice little tickling of your ears and some simple platitudes, this might not be the show for you to tune into. But tonight, I ask these gentlemen to take off the chains. I ask them to, to not hold anything back because when we do a closeout event, we bring the fire. And guess what? We're bringing it three times as hot tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So I am blessed and honored to host this. We've been hosting this now for, man, almost a year, but I'm glad we're doing it at 7 o'clock so y'all can stay awake. Y'all staying awake tonight, ain't you? 7 o'clock is early, but I want you to have your ears attuned to what these gentlemen are going to say. They're going to bring to you some powerful, dynamic thoughts and words, and we are blessed, like I said again, to uh, with the Impact Motivator Network to have three dynamic speakers that we have tonight. Tonight. Our first one, of course, he is my friend. He is known as the maestro. And uh, the maestro does so many amazing things, not only just as a speaker, but he also is a music leader, a music pastor, a producer, and someone who is who has grown to be a tremendous friend of mine. And so I, I want you guys to know this one thing about him. The one thing about the gentleman that I'm going to bring on the floor tonight is that he is humble and his humility demonstrates his power. He is a dynamic musician, a powerful preacher, a man of God, and someone that is really ready to bring the fire to this region. Would you help me welcome to our virtual platform uh, the one and only, the maestro, Reginald Midget. Welcome, Reginald. Hello, hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. Um, first of all, I would just like to say uh, um, thank you for having me on um, such a awesome platform. And um, I would like to say just to go into it, number one, that with God, all things are possible. That's what I believe. I'm a preacher, but I'm not going to preach, okay? But I definitely have something on my heart, um, even after praying. I don't do anything or speak anything until I pray when it comes down to situations like this. And so the thing that God placed in my spirit is that it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And y'all might be saying, well, I'm awake. I, I, I'm watching this live. But when I say it's time to wake up, I'm talking from three perspectives. It's time to wake up mentally. It's time to wake up physically. And it's time to wake up spiritually. So when we look at all of the things that are happening around us, 
Um, even if we go back to the start of the pandemic, um, we still saw, even in the midst of a pandemic, we saw the, the murder of George Floyd. We, we've been seeing um, police brutality. We've been seeing all kinds of racism still happening in the world today. And it, and, and it just really brings me to a place to think about Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King said he had a dream. And everybody should be familiar with that speech. He said he had a dream. But in order to have a dream, number one, your mind has to go and thought. And then at some point, even if you're asleep and you have a dream, you have to wake up in order to tell somebody about it. And so when we look at the things that are happening around us, it's time for us as a people to stop making excuses for what's happening around us and really do something about what's happening around us. When we look at racial injustice, when we look at things that are happening that are unfair in this world and in this society, after we see things for what they are, when do we mentally get our minds in the right place to where we're going to say, regardless of what's happening around me, I have a responsibility to be the best that I can be. If I'm a black man, I have a responsibility to provide for my family, regardless of what's happening or regardless of what's going on, regardless of what might be happening in the world, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And so being in the community, being out and just ministering to, to people every day, ministering to people every day. Sometimes I run into people that still make excuses to say, well, this is happening to our race. That is happening to our race. It's been happening. But when do we as individuals say, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what's going on, I have a responsibility to be the best that I can be. So it's really time to wake up. Yes, we really need to do something about the racial injustice that's happening everywhere. We really need to speak up about it. We really need to, as fathers and as, and as a people, number one, raise up our children the right way raise them with morals and values. And we need to also let them know where they came from. And we need to let them know that the privileges that they have on today, somebody bled, died, fought for it. And we even need to let them know now, like I'm only 39, so I didn't come up in segregated America. But at the same time, my parents and my grandparents and even my great-grandparents told me what the struggle was and they showed me what it was. And when they would talk to me, me knowing what I have experienced, I haven't experienced segregated America. But in the midst of just coming up in a time where it's not a white water fountain or a colored water fountain, it's not a white bathroom or a colored bathroom, in the midst of coming up in this time, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, there's no way I could have came up in those times. 
There's no way that I could have been sitting at a lunch counter and somebody come pour hot coffee in my lap because I'm a black man. And it's important that we teach our children and that we nurture them, but at the same time, we have to nurture ourselves as well. So I said, it's time to wake up. So if Martin Luther King had a dream, he had a dream and, and, and he said what his dream was in regards to America, what it's supposed to look like, um, equal rights, equal opportunity. He, his dream was partially what we see happening today, but it's still so much happening behind the scenes that a lot of people want to turn a blind eye to, to say that, um, it's not happening anymore. We don't live in those times anymore. But here in these past couple of years, we have seen and we have found out that these things still exist. So we need to wake up mentally, mentally to say that, what are you passionate about? What is your calling? What is your purpose? What are you supposed to be doing with your life? And then when you, then when you wake up mentally, um, you have to see what's happening around you and you have to adapt to what's happening around you. So in the midst of adapting to what's happening around you, it makes you make choices and decisions to benefit you. And so many times, it's people in society, I've been there before too, where, I mean, we're human, so we're not perfect. We make choices and decisions that aren't in our best interest. So it's time to wake up mentally, have a plan for our lives, for our families, for our future, for our present and the future. And then we have to wake up physically as well. We have to take care of ourselves because we can't function every day if we're hurting in the physical. We have to take care of our bodies. We have to take care of our health. Um, one of the main things that we see as a race, even sometimes as black people, um, I, I talk to so many people, you know, being in church and being in ministry, I talk to so many of our people that refuse to go to the doctor. The doctor can't tell me anything that I don't already know, or it's a home remedy for this, or it's a home remedy for that. That's all well and good. Use your home remedies however you need to. But there's a laws book of the Bible that talks about how God gave the doctors the knowledge that they have so that they can take care of us. So we have to take care of ourselves in the, in the physical as well. And then when it comes down to the spiritual, we have to realize that we aren't doing anything on our own. If it had not been for God, I'm a Christian, so I'm a preacher. If it had not been for Jehovah God, breathing the breath of life into our bodies every day, helping us every day, providing for us every day, we're not doing anything on our own. So here's another popular leader, Malcolm X. And he is a great example of how, of, of, of how we need to adapt to life and wake up. If you know anything about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, when it came down to how they handled the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King was nonviolent. 
Malcolm X was saying, no, we need to crack some skulls. Okay? Malcolm X was going off of what he was taught. And in a lot of cases, he was called pro-black. He was called racist. But he was going off of what he was taught. But if you pay attention to the life of Malcolm X, you'll find out that one day he woke up in the mental and he said, you know what? I, it's some things happening around me that's not right. So I need to go find out some more information about my religion. He went and he found out some more information. He got on a plane and he flew where he needed to fly. And he spent time over there and his whole reality about what he thought, about what he was taught, it changed because he realized that, okay, there's other people in my religion that aren't black. There's other people out here that, that's not doing things against the black race. It's people out here that are actually, that'll actually care about me and they don't have the same color of my skin. And he went in his religion and worshiped with those people who had blonde hair and blue eyes. And he came back enlightened because he woke up in the mental. He woke up in the spiritual and he woke up in the physical. And so if we can just pull from the examples of those who have gone before us, Martin Luther King had a dream. There's no need to be violent, but let's pray. Let's pull everybody together. Let's do the things that we need to do so that there can be a better society. That was Martin Luther King's thing. Malcolm X went from, hey, if y'all swinging at us, we're going to swing back at y'all. If y'all shooting at us, we're going to shoot back at y'all. Malcolm X went from that to saying, hey, this blonde-haired, blue-eyed person is my brother as well, is my sister as well. When we can wake up that way and see the things that we really need to see, then we can begin to conquer some of the obstacles that we have been through. I told some people on Facebook a couple of days ago, we all have been through something. Now, for some of us, God took us around it. For some of us, God took us over and for some of us, God took us through it. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we all made it to the other side, regardless of how we got there. And so that's the main thing that I want to share with everybody on tonight, is that it's time to wake up. Wake up mentally, get your mind right, wake up physically, Keep your body right so that you can be around and then wake up spiritually and realize that there is a God that's taking care of you and providing for you every day. And with that, that let the church say amen, because uh, that's my man, Reginald Midget. He he said three areas, which I really we put in the chat already. Wake up mentally, wake up physically and wake up spiritually and reginald thank you for those powerful words we talked we were talking about it off camera about the physical part about taking care mm -hmm. of this temple so reginald tell us just a little bit real quick about yourself and uh, what you do and your ministry there in new Bern, north carolina 
Well, I minister music at West Street Christian Church, where my father is the pastor. His name is Dr. Reginald Midget Sr. I am, I am a um, preacher as well currently right now. If all goes well, I will have my doctorate in theology um, this coming fall. And right. um, I am a producer here in um, New Bern, North Carolina. I also have a studio in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I have traveled professionally with a lot of different gospel artists. Um, I do a lot of street ministry. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of ministering in the streets. Okay. That's a, a huge part of my calling and purpose. And that's what I'm passionate about. And that's a lot of what I do. All right. Well, listen, thank you, Reginald. We got your information there. So if you want to get something produced, uh, especially with an excellent high, uh, high level of velocity and power, uh, please get up with Reginald Midget. He's been on our show before, actually a couple times. Yeah, I twisted his arm to help me do a Christmas production this this past Christmas, and we pulled we pulled it off with a shoestring, but we did it, didn't we, Reg? <laughs> we did it, we did it, brother. Did so it. I really appreciate you, love you, and thank you for your words. Uh, I, I, you know, you're speaking to the next generation too, brother. You're speaking to the next generation, so I really appreciate that. The next person that we have tonight is uh, he is no stranger to our platform either. And uh, I, I just wish, and I'll be honest with you, if I can just take this moment, I just wish that we get to the level, and I've talked about this with our team, that if I don't get there, if I'm not this seven-figure speaker, but, man, I can, I can use this platform that would open up a door that somebody else didn't have to labor to open up, that's what we're really about, impacting life 24-7. And this gentleman came on our show, and I didn't really know him that well. I just knew that he was well put together, sharp dresser, always, always on point. And, you know, Marines, they, they spot that stuff out. Like, okay, this, this dude is on point. But then to, and this is what happens. Sometimes we look at the exterior of people, and we don't know their story. We, we just assume they woke up like that. And the struggle that our next speaker went through and the crucible that he had to go through to get where he is today, the director of workforce development at Craven Community College. He's also the number one uh, uh, community college person in the state of North Carolina. He was just the grand marshal in the Black History Parade. Uh, it's such an honor to be in the same room with a caliber man such as this. And so I will ask you to give your attention and welcome to our virtual studio and our virtual stage, Mr. Greg Singleton from Craven Community College. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Um, first, I want to thank Brother CL for the platform um, and the guidance. And I'm going to be honest with you guys tonight. Uh, for the last two weeks, I've been receiving a number of interviews. And one interview in particular, this young lady out of DC who's working on her PhD asked me about being incarcerated. Most of the interviews that I receive is people asking me, how did I return back into society? And in this Black history moment, I began to think about how prison 
is so equivalent to slavery. Allow me to continue. During this interview, she asked me, how did you feel while you were locked up? <laughs> and whenever I have to share those words, it brings back to life those memories in real time for me. And when we first got together, me and Mr. CL, before we actually came live on air, he said, brothers, I need y'all to take off the chains. And I wrote it on this piece of paper. In my normal structured delivery, I tore the piece, I tore it up and I put it in the garbage can. So I don't have my normal structured delivery, but I do have a delivery because I am so in my feelings. Um, because I have to remember how I felt while I was incarcerated. I remember when my parents came to see me, my mother and my father, and I remember they trying to figure out how to communicate with me, and I'm trying to figure out how to communicate with them. And this is all because of trauma. See, when they take you away from your normal habitat, and put you someplace else that's not of your norm, trauma can occur, and it normally does. So I'm so in my feelings, but I'm so grateful at the same time because of the parents I had being my Black history moment. Let me share with you the style of my dad. He was firm, and he held you accountable. He dropped out of school in the seventh grade. But let me tell you about him. He was a master cosmetologist in which he got that from Apex Cosmetology School in New York. He was a pipe welder at the Naval Shipyard in uh, Norfolk. He was the head chef on Canal Street in New York City. Let me tell you about my dad with his seventh grade education. He owned his own restaurant and two beauty salons simultaneously. My Black history. But one thing for sure, if he came home and those chores was not done, it didn't matter what time he came home. This is my Black history moment and I'm taking off the chain because I'm in my feelings. He would get me up and hold me accountable to it. And let me tell you about my mother, my black history. She knew who was the king in that house. And she would say to me, you heard what your daddy told you. But she prayed for me like you would not believe. And all her prayers, not even knowing what was gonna happen to her son when he graduated from college and right after he got commissioned in the army. Brother King, you said something about taking off the chain. The reason why I'm in my feelings because I remember being incarcerated because of that interview with that young lady from DC. I remember the humiliation of being chained down physically. 
Now, let me help you understand and hope you ever, never have to go through it. So when they transported you, now I'm a first time nonviolent offender. They will put the shackle around your wrist and around your ankle. They will run a chain from your wrist to your feet where those are. Then they will put it around your waist and cuff that to the seat where another chain cuff you to the floor. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my feelings. And I think about the trauma that I went through, not even knowing I'm going through it. I remember watching as a kid on TV when people talk about being an alcoholic or having substance abuse issues, they would have to say their name and say, my name is John Doe and I am an alcoholic. And I remember watching the people applaud and I didn't understand that. But being able to identify is imperative because if you don't identify, how do you really correct the problem? So in this Black history moment, I want us to identify with the truth. See, the truth is what will set you free. And the truth is proper all places and at all times, I assure you. In this equivalency of prison and slavery, I want you to think about something that Brother King did during that Black history moment at the parade, after the parade, he demonstrated Jesus writing in the dust. What if a slave would have got caught trying to write in the dust? Let it marinate just for a minute. Ask yourself, why would that penalty be so harsh to maybe even death? Let it marinate. The answer is, is because it's power. It's power in letters. It's power in words that have real meaning and real feeling. There's power in education because that's what reduces poverty. That's what reduces recidivism. That's what open up options so that prison is not because I got a plan. My plan is if I can keep you out of prison, if I can offer something, if I know somebody else that can offer something that will keep you out of prison or in that direction, I'm a part of Harriet Tubman in the Underground Railroad because I wanna be a part of setting you free. You understand what I'm saying? If I know someone that can help finance your CDL training, if I know someone 
that can get you through that electrical skill that you want or that technical skill that you want, whatever that skill may be, I'm a part of the Underground Railroad. I am a part of Black history. Oh, I, you know, I heard uh, the wine and sing this song. And they said, Jesus, whatever you got planned, whatever you got going on. Now, Brother Midget, I know you're the preacher. I'm far from it now. Don't do it without me. As it relates to this reentry business, don't do that without me. It needs to be spread like, like wildflower throughout North Carolina. You know, I felt some kind of way when Brother Tabari made a decision to leave Wes Craven. Brother King, you said, take off the chain. You said I could take off the chain. I was in my feelings about that. See, because implicitly, I was being biased. See, because I didn't want him to go and grow. Wait a minute. I wanted him to grow, but not to go. Well, wait a minute. I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too. How selfish of me. God got work for that man to do. How dare me even how dare me even get into my feelings about that? Because we all got work to do. And I'll I, I be honest. Sometimes I just don't feel like doing it. But when I think about them chains, when I think about them sleepless nights, when I think about all that shame, when I look around and I'm, I'm, I'm in this environment where I don't want to be, where they have given me diesel therapy because I exercise the right to go to trial, because I exercise the due diligence that will close the system down if people exercise it. But because I did that, they transported me from North Carolina where I did time at, where I started, where I ended in Coleman, Florida. Now the process is, to strengthen family ties, the system is supposed to bring you closer and closer home as you get shorter in your time. Why would they move me further and further away and I've never been written up in the five years of my incarceration? That's slavery. When I found out that if I was to die in prison, my parents gotta buy me back, that's slavery. But I got a plan. God got me in the mix. He laughed at me when I said, I won't gonna be no teacher. When I first went to Federal State, it was to be a teacher. And then, you know, Brother Tavar, I found out how much teachers made and I ain't wanna play. Oh no, I gotta change my major. We gotta find something else to do because that ain't a lifestyle I wanna live. But you know what God was doing? I have no idea he's giggling. I had no idea that he had better plans for me. Far bigger than I can imagine. But you know one thing, Brother King, I said to myself, when I get out of prison, I ain't never coming back. 
<laughs> the reason why I say God got to be laughing in this Black history time is because the first job I got was right back in the right back in the penitentiary. That was the first job I got was teaching inside of Craven Correction. And let me tell you how how it impacted me, how my anxieties went everywhere. My son's mother sent me some information because she knew I was going back in the penitentiary, but on a different cord. You did. She said, I really want you to consider your mental health and how this is going to impact you. Now, as a black man, I got to be strong, but it's okay not to be okay. Because when them doors got the closing behind me, man, I counted every last one of them. It's 11 doors I got to walk through just to get to the classroom. But God made me strong. He said, I need you there. I have purpose for you there. And that purpose has allowed me to use my role in education to unshackle chains to open up minds. Oh, I love what I do. So to Brother Tavari, I'm sorry in my implicit bias behavior, knowing I want you to grow but not go. And I'm glad you're there because you know what Mr. Aretha Lee said at a meeting, and I pay homage to her for saying this. She said, you may get mad and upset and bothered by the way things are. But if you get up and run out, you have taken your voice from the table. So brother Tabari, your voice need to be at the table. Brother Midget, your voice need to be at the table. Brother King, please keep doing what you're doing because you're creating a platform that put voices on the table. In my closing, I want you to free yourself. Education comes in so many different channels. It's a mile wide and a mile deep, but don't run from it. Stay with it. Oh, I know, gas is going up. Putin has attacked the, oh my God, think about the trauma. But I want you to stay diligent and don't never give up. Don't ever give up, don't let them lock you up mentally or physically. That's that black history moment. I'm so grateful for my mother, Dorothy Lee, the late Dorothy Lee Singleton. I'm so grateful for my father in his toughness, James Lee Singleton. And I'm so grateful for this platform and for this time and the opportunity that God has placed me in to do his will for his people. Thank you. Thank you, Greg Singleton. Um, you know, Greg, I don't know if I've told you this, Greg, but my brother, who will it'll be in my book, but my brother did 15 years in prison. 15 years, brother, 15, uh, from age 18 to whatever that is. And I, I didn't, wasn't raised with him, brother, but I saw 
the residual effects yes. of that long term. I mean, if it's one day in prison, I'm I'm bouncing. I I know I talk tough, but I've preached in prisons and I'm like, yo, where's the exit? How do I get up out of this joint? But Greg, you know, you 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 have freed some people because of your words tonight, sir. And uh I am thankful of all things that through some strange means we got connected. And I'm just imploring you publicly that we can't we can't lose our connection. I like what you said. If it's got something to do with reentry, don't leave Greg Singleton out. If it's got something to do with crazy motivation, don't leave CL out. That's talking about collaboration. If it's got something to do with music producing, don't leave Maestro out. If it's got something to do with getting principals, kicking them in the rear, don't leave Tabari Wallace out, right? <laughs> and and so, Greg, just tell us real quick your your role there at the community college and how people can get up with you if, if they want to connect and get more information. Absolutely. Um, my title is the Director of Community Workforce Readiness. I work with those in this area of soft skills. We call it human resource development. And it's pretty much what we do right now to be able to talk and, uh, and to be able to communicate, how to interview, how to use your hands, you know, uh, body language. Uh, we, oh my gosh. So we created the job readiness bootcamp and 40% of our students are now employed. So then in March of 2021, Craven Community College, the first community college in North Carolina to bring the reentry council under its fold. Since that happened, our FTE from spring 21 to spring 22 has gone up 100%. Wow. Because now we welcome all. And that's what it sent to the, the community at large. Right. So when the reentry council came under the community college, it gave us a stronger platform and it made the community college arms longer to remove barriers that get in the way of people trying to gain education. So I'm excited about all of that. The best way to reach me is at Craven Community College. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, my, my, my office number yeah. is 252-638-2444. Um, my email address is singleton, S-I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N-G at cravencc.edu. At cravencc.edu? Yes. Right. And so on my reentry council side, I work with those returning from prison and jail, or if you have ever been justice involved. Whether it was five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, or just yesterday, mm -hmm. please get in contact with us. We want to remove barriers and we want to be able to give you education and the job opportunities that you want to take care of your family. 
Thank you, Greg. I believe that the, the, I believe that the model that you're doing, brother, will not just be. We, we're not going to stop with the shorelines of North Carolina. I believe that what your the model that you've represented and demonstrated how well it works. We're going to have another yeah. show. We're going to have another show about this, but I believe it should be from coast to coast. And so, yeah, I want to help. I want to help foster it, promote it, shout it from the rooftops, brother. Okay. Absolutely. Thank right. you. Thank you. The, thank you so much. The next gentleman that we have on on. Um, on coming on our virtual stage is obviously no stranger here. I've, I've swindled this man on coming on the show several times uh, because we have such a, we have such a, a very meaningful relationship. He, you know, he, he has a, he has a, a, Greg was talking about his position. He left North Carolina schools. I mean, uh, Craven County schools and went to be the special advisor to the state superintendent office of principal engagement. And, um, but, but, you know, this man, he's, he wrote the forward in my book that that's how, that's how important he is to me. My book's coming out July 24th and I didn't think of anyone else. I wanted to write the forward, but to Barry Wallace. And I say it everywhere we go is because he did like uh, what Greg is doing just in a different capacity. He he's, he's helping somebody have a chance and sometimes that's all you need. And, you know, Tabari was a, a principal doing very well down there in Havelock Middle and uh, Dr. Tabari Wallace. And I just asked him, could I come and share my vision and share my inspiration with students? Just posted a video the other day of us acting a clown in the school, man. And uh, if, if there was a way, I, I told God, I said, if there was a way that I could just adopt this man at 47 years old as my biological brother, it would, it would happen. When I say I, Tabari had some issues going on, I called him, I checked on him. If flood with his mother, I'm like, you need me. I'm there doc, because he's the same way. And so if you watched him with his students and I'm just going to say this, I know I'll probably get censored for this, but there was some, I'm just going to tell you straight up. There was some people that was jealous of the way the students loved this man because he he did things in a way he wasn't Joe Clark. I mean, Joe Clark had his way, but Tabari had a way to connect with every single student in that school. He had him he had him dancing the DMX, and then he had him doing great on their EOGs. And people people got a little jealous about that. I said this about Greg Smith comparing Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan. Scottie Pippen can't be Michael Jordan, and some people can't be Tabari Wallace. And uh, I just would say that among principals and among leaders, there has not risen a greater than Tabari Wallace. And so with that, I hope that was a good enough introduction. I told him to take his liberty. I said, take off the chains. I, you don't have to filter it. This our show. We're closing out Black History with the great Tabari Wallace. Thank you, Dr. Wallace. Thank you so much, CL. You are too kind, buddy. You are too kind. What they won't tell you is uh, CL started. He lit the fire in my kids uh, once we started the trajectory back to greatness. Um, he really did. Uh, we broke some records down at Havelock Middle, and I got to say, we didn't even, we didn't have the intestinal fortitude, I would say, of spirit um, until CL King dropped the don't drop the hammer theme on us. I'll never forget it. And I'm talking eighth graders who don't usually clap for nothing. We're on their feet going nuts for CL King. I had to bring them back every year. One year I brought you back twice. I had to keep bringing them back every year. And then we paid them after the first time. Don't let them fool you. We paid them after the first time, but we had to keep bringing them back. 
and keep bringing him back. He was that good. Went to H.J. He had to come there. He did it with H.J. twice. Um, and again, we continue to break records, and C.L. was with us the whole time. So, C.L., you know, I, you know, I love you like a brother. You know that, brother. I would say we are brothers. You know, you know what that is. You know my mama. She loved you to death too. She saw you. At the... <laughs> and old Mr. Singleton, buddy, Mr. Singleton just has a vision, a vision of a prophet on trying to reach people, irregardless of what color or socioeconomic class that they are. I mean, he would call and, or I need your help, you know, kind of, you know, say, let's go have lunch. I had no idea this was a business working lunch. And when he called me for lunch that day, I thought we were just going to, you know, and then, you know, it came out, we came up with this plan and we were able to help and give people a second chance out on the West side, people that couldn't make it all the way to New Bern. So Greg brought the curriculum to them and it has been a promising program ever since. So he is definitely, definitely a major, major force in this area. And he has joined the of the year club. I mean, that's, that is, that is awesome state of the year too at that, buddy. So you keep thriving in it, buddy. You keep accepting it. You keep it. It's God's will. And to the maestro, the maestro won't tell you this, but when he was at Newburn High School, I was there as a teacher. And he played that, that piano like a master at, the, at such a young age. Now, he won't admit this, but I clap. I was calling him maestro back then when he was in high school. So when I saw the thing here, you know, the maestro, I said, oh, Oh, it stopped. It stopped. My man, my man. And I'm just so thrilled to hear about his doctor that he's about to get. The man just keeps selling. He just keeps moving the ball. He keeps moving the ball. He's keep moving the ball. And I am just so honored to be here with you gentlemen tonight, man. Really am. Now, CL, just like Greg said, okay, you said take off the handcuffs. All right. Now, if y'all see me swinging in here for some reason, when, when the lights are on, there's a gnat. It's the middle of winter. There's a gnat running around. So if you see me swinging, don't think I'm crazy. That gnat is trying to get me. I've been trying to kill him the whole time. But uh, just know it's coming. But uh, I'm going to tell you this, y'all. I wrote this. I wrote, I, I read to some children in the middle of the state. And I read, uh, it was a black history book, and it was about slavery, and it was about a poet that had taught himself how to read and write, and that he was such a good poet, even as a, a black slave, that uh, white people would try to buy his things and he tried to buy his freedom several times, but Matt, the master was getting so much publicity from this black slave that he wouldn't give him his freedom, all right? So later on in the book, I'm reading the children now. I'm reading the children and it's, <laughs> it's a lot of kids from across the tracks, okay? Assembled here, so I'm reading and I never read this book. They gave me the book to read and I got to the end where the book started talking about the slave got upset and went and told the other slaves to raise up and kill all of the white people. Now imagine me sitting in a class like that, reading to these children. I mean, I, I, I stuck like, oh my God, what, what am I about to do? What about, but the teacher said, Tabari, don't worry about it. Go ahead on with the book. And to me, that was a handcuff, just like, just like he said, CL said, take the handcuffs off. That was a taking the handcuffs off moment that I had the liberty to truly read the substance of the material to those children. Fifth graders, can you believe it? I didn't want to read, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, I'm about to step into something right here. But she said, no, we're not gonna whitewash anything. They need to understand history. So I've taken the teacher's advice 
and I put pen to pad and this is going to be something different than anybody has ever heard come out of Jabari Wallace's mouth. I'm going to tell you. I, I mean, this is usually I'm right in the middle. Maestro, Noah Maestro, like, whoa, what is about to happen? Yeah, I, I, it's about to go down. Hope I don't get in trouble. I apologize to anybody that this may offend prior to me saying, I'm just go ahead and tell you, chalk it up to my mind and not my heart because y'all know I love all decrees of people. You see what I'm saying? I serve each and every child through the full tenet of my abilities, each and every. I don't say all because when you get caught in all, you can hide in all, you can miss people in all, but when you say each and every, you develop, see, there you go. You develop a plan. You develop a plan for each and every child. Everybody needs some assistance. Every child is one carrying adult away from success. So I hope the work that I've done from this point on over the past 24 years will speak for me. But right now it's black history. And C.L. King said to take the handcuffs off. So I think y'all better get the popcorn out and go ahead and, and, and get your soda, your beverage, whatever you're doing right now. It's 749. I'm going to try to be quick. I suppose I had. So just, just bear with me because it's about to go down. All right. Through the fire. C.L. King says bring the fire. But through the fire, black history from the 1800s to now, John F. Kennedy once said, the torch has been passed to a new generation. This torch of fire, as CL says so much, this is what this is about, three times the fire, and the boys brought it early. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. But the torch of fire, sacrificed in blood, is key. So our children today don't forget and allow history to repeat itself. Let's review the generations of torches, okay? We had Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had a thriving Black community, didn't bother anybody. And because of envy on the outside, which happens today, y'all, I drive a black truck. And I can tell you right now, the looks I get, the looks I get when I get out of that truck is how in the world is did he pull that off? But how, how did he do it? How, how did he do it? So I know what it was going through. These people marched into Black Wall Street and straight deboed the place, just straight took everybody out, was killing people, taking their property. You know, we had dentists, lawyers, we had everything. We had an established community. They robbed that community of its wealth. And now even today, being that they're trying to be compensated for it, they want to call it reparations. They don't make reparations a bad word. But it is due to that community because they took their lands, okay? In James City, when the union took the land and let black freedmen till it and service it. When the owners came back, the black people gave it back. And then we had to buy it back to get it back into our hands. They won't do that for Black Wall Street, even though we know the wrong was done in Black Wall Street. They won't do it. Privilege. Remember that word, privilege. You had the Jim Crow laws. Just like the maestro said, I'm about like him. I don't know if I could have got up and gave my seat to somebody who just say, oh, you got to go. I don't know if I could have did it. I don't know if I'm walking down the sidewalk with my wife and my child and one person come along to me and I got to step off. Really? No wonder we got white supremacists going crazy right now. They want to live like that. Oh, how did I miss it? That's what they're thinking. Crap, I want to go back to the good times. But that day is over. Just like maestro said, we both. That's a bad word these days. Revolt. Yeah, we won't try if you won't. 
Try it if you want. Look on the internet and see the man that tried to say the word that he wasn't supposed to say how many times he got smacked over that bar until he went down. You should have seen the TikTok version finish him. You should have seen Try it. It's a, it's, a, it's a changed time. A lot of people have died to give us the rights that we have today. Selma. Think of what they did in Selma, Alabama. All that they had to go through there, the Martin Luther King, all the marches and this and thing, all the progress they made back there, bombing Birmingham. The lynching wasn't good enough, but now they're going to put six sticks of dynamite on your porch and stand outside so you can't run, and they just blow your house up. All right, this is the torch back then in the Jim Crow days that our people was holding so we can experience the liberties that we have today. Freedom Riders. Oh, man. You had the authorities stop the bus. Allow the Klansmen to gather. They're supposed to serve and protect. Now, they're not like my sheriff. Now, my sheriff, he's got it going on now. He's right down the wire. That's why I love him to death. Chip Hughes is right down the wire. He don't see it. If you mess up, he going to lock your butt up. Respect dude. Respect dude. Do your job, Chip. I'm with you. But back then, these jokers was odd. They were slanted. And if you would see the pictures, y'all, I just left from the Black History Museum down in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's a movement. If you have not been there, Lord, y'all go there, man. Oh, my God, it's moving. It's moving. And they had it deep. They went deep into the Birmingham bombings with the bus. And you should see, you should see the pictures. They went graphic. The stuff they don't show on TV. You should see the pictures of what those people had to endure down there in Birmingham with the Freedom Riders. The students who accomplished change by conducting sit-ins, they did it right here in New Bern as well and in Greensboro and other places so that me and you now can go into any restaurant, any establishment, okay, and we could be able to enjoy the service that is there right now today. Again, the torch was passed, okay? Too many lynchings to count. Think of Emmett Till. They said he whistled at a white lady. 30 years later, the white lady say it didn't happen, but the boy is dead and gone. And the method that they did it to see the pictures of mama has got to look at their baby like that. My goodness, just think of what they had to endure. Maestro, I'm with you. I couldn't have done it. They would have got me first. I couldn't have done it. These people were beaten and many died just to give us the right to vote, which some of us do not effectively look, uh, use right now here in this local area. But I'm going to I'm gonna get to that in a minute. They died and they were beaten all to give you the right to an education, the right to earn a living, a partial right to live where you want to be, where you want to live, i.e. redlining. I know Singleton know what I'm talking about when I say that. We had some help along the way. I can't say we did it all by ourselves. Okay. When I was growing up, we used to have this picture up. It was in grandma house. It was aunt house, auntie house. It was everywhere. And I was one, as a kid, you don't know what the picture's up there for. All I know, I saw was two white men and one black man in the middle. I didn't know what it was as a kid now. But we saw that picture. It was Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and Robert Kennedy on the outside. Now, as I got older, I started asking myself, why in the world was Linda Baines Johnson not in the picture? Lyndon Baines Johnson did more than any president in history for the movement to give us the rights that we have today. I 
I never understood that. Why Linda Baines Johnson is not on the thing? The voting rights bill, two civil rights bills, tons of executive orders, just to level the playing field. The torch was then passed to the 70s. Huey Newton and the Black Panthers sacrificed some with their lives, some with the struggle. You had to kill Malcolm X in, 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 in 65. They killed Martin Luther King in 68. I mean, they just was going in, just knocking cats out. So you're not going to kill us off. Freedom is not free. So other leaders stepped into the mold, just like you said. Martin Luther King was marching pretty much quietly. You know, he was nonviolent. Malcolm was like, no, nah, we ain't going to take this. But the Black Panther took it to a whole nother level. They were actually shooting at people. I mean, they actually did something. But when you fight and stand up for yourself, the authorities sometimes up the ante as well, gentlemen. They dropped a bomb, a bomb, a barrel bomb on the Black Panther's house in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the 70s. I don't know if a lot of people know about that. They dropped a bomb, y'all, in the middle of the neighborhood because they were standing up for themselves. To this day, I still don't know what they were charged with. I'm telling you, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. That, stealing, that, that, that killing of black men still goes on today. The torch now passed to the 80s generation. I don't know if y'all remember in the late 80s. It was covered, but then it's went, went, this disappeared. And in Texas, they have whitewashed this because you don't hear it anymore. They took a black man, strapped him to a pickup truck, and drove down the street going about 25 to 30 miles an hour so he didn't die instantly. Can you imagine? Now, for those of, those of you that don't know the story, he died. I mean, little bits and body parts and everything else just straddled along that street. Now, we thought it was over because we had made it to the 80s. We thought we were good, but it wasn't. It was still going on. It was still going on. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. But this is where hip-hop used their celebrity advocacy to rally the masses with songs like Fight the Power. That's when we started getting in it. You know, we had the medallions going with Africa on it. You know, we got, we wearing the African gear that's coming back right now today. People's got the schools on. I mean, we, we were doing it up. Again, that word that we ain't supposed to say, we were woke. We were woke. The torch is now passed in the 90s generation. The beating of Rodney King. Okay. Now, my generation, when we saw this, we was like, hold on, they got this on tape. You can't deny your eyes, y'all. You see it. You cannot deny this. Okay, we're about to get some justice. It's about to finally happen. It's about to finally happen. Not guilty on all accounts. Remember that song, Fight the Power? <laughs> and there lies the L.A. riots. You cannot keep serving injustice to a people and expect them not to erupt. Whew. All right. Even after the rise, black men seem to still die at the hands of the bad seeds of law enforcement because they're not all bad. We must continue to walk in solidarity and stick together as a people, y'all. Just like Malcolm X said, we are not outnumbered. We are outorganized. We're outorganized. Did you know the minority population outnumber the majority? in the school system. Did y'all know that? Not only locally, but statewide. Did y'all know that? We're not outnumbered. We can't use that excuse no more. We're out organized. Statewide. 
Now, when I say minorities, that's black and brown together, okay? Because I saw Greg kind of looking like, man, I ain't heard that one. Yeah, but you got to go back and look at it, bro. I'm telling black and brown, the minority population is it does outnumber the majority. As the torch was passed, we were fighting for equality. Well, today, it has transitioned to equity. So we're going to talk about equity a little bit. Equality versus equity. Equality is, everybody that's listening today, I'm going to give all y'all a pair of Reeboks. Yeah, look at your faces. Yeah, that's what I say. I, I mean, because I wear Jordans. I, I, I know Maestro. I've seen his foot game, feet game. I'm telling you, his shoe game is off the chain. You know, Greg going to be dressed up. You know, he going to have a, you know, CL King switches us up, you know, sometimes. You see what I'm saying? He might have the boots on. Okay. And so the point I'm making is, okay, we don't all wear Reeboks. So equality is not always the right construct to approach. So we ascend to equity. Okay, equity is when we remove the barriers to opportunity. That's what we're trying to do in the school system. We give you the supports necessary to make sure and to ensure that you're successful. We are not giving you anything. If we give you, if we give you things, then we weaken you. We weaken you when we give it to you because then you just expect it and you just expect it. Expectations are something else. Y'all seen the study in the 1960s with the rats. They put the rats in a bucket of water and let them swim. Okay, the rats swam for a couple of seconds and then when no help came, you see what I'm saying? They just dropped to the bottom. But then they reached in and grabbed them. Okay, so when they thought help would come, they swam for 21 hours. Go figure. Expectations, high expectations is key to what we're doing in developing and investing in our human capital of the next generation. Get back to them Reeboks though, okay? You know, you got to get, re remove the barrier to opportunity so I can attain an education, so I can get a good job, take care of my family and buy my own shoes, buy my own joints, buy my own Tim's, buy my own dress shoes. That's what it's about, that's equity. Remove the barrier to opportunity and let me take care of my family. Don't put those barriers in front. Oh, you're this. Oh, you got a record. Oh, you got this. Oh, you got that. We can't do this. We can't do that. No, that's not how we do it. That is equity. So you got to ask yourself these questions. Why is my house worth less than those across the tracks? Red line. Why is my wait time in the emergency room longer than my counterparts of a different country? Why is medical care less intentional than others? Okay, the maternity rates of black women in child in childbearing situations is atrocious, y'all. You ought to look at the percentages. It's crazy. You got to ask yourself, why is that? Why are schools currently being resegregated under the, the under the guise of charter, private, and neighbor that word neighborhood schools? Okay, if you say neighborhood schools over in Duffield, what school is it, JT Bubba? You said over in five stars, everybody gonna fall in there for Daniels. Okay, but you go over to Taberna, you go to Creekside, that school ain't 20 years old. Yeah, you gotta you gotta ask yourself, why is it harder for me to get into college or post-secondary education? They'll use your pass against you. Greg, talk to me. Now, how many times has that come up? And you are an established legend. How many times has it come up? It's amazing. Barriers to enrollment. You got to take a culturally insensitive test, the ACT and SAT. Got questions up there our parents ain't even heard about. How will we have the 
the foundation, the educational foundation to be able to revert back to that knowledge, to bring it back to do good on that test. Come on, Tabari. Huh? I mean, you go, I mean, I, I told you, Sierra, you said go in. I'm going in, cuz. I'm going in. I'm telling you. Why is it harder for me to get a bank loan at a low percentage rate when my credit score is exactly the same as my counterpart? Y'all, I got a study that they showed us when I was with the state. They actually did these tests. They sent people in. And time after time after time, again, the hypothesis was proven true. There is implicit bias in America today. There is. I'm, I'm sorry. Boy, I hope I don't get in trouble for this later, but it's going down today. Why do they continue to use Hurricane Florence? I'm getting local now. Use Hurricane Florence as an excuse to decimate my neighborhood, the Five Points area. They use it this. Got it. They use it to tear down Stanley White when all the downtown was restored. Talk about it. Why did they listen to the public when it came to removing Union Point but wouldn't listen to us when it came to Stanley White? What in the world happened? This is the devil, y'all. You good. This you is good. the devil. You're good, Tabari. No, but I can't see you. We can see you. Okay. All right, here we go. Did y'all notice that, though? Did y'all catch that? We protested for two years about Stanley White. Don't touch it. It's ours. That's all we have. We tried to be nice. We got rambunctious. We called politicians. You know, we're all the way up to Tom Tillis in Washington. They still moved it. They still tore it down. The fastest building I ever seen to drop in New Bern. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. When they got the votes, it was down. The two weeks, it was gone. That fast. In the store, y'all can't fuss no more. Union Point fussed for 48 hours, and they pulled the plan. Now, I'm saying all this, Maestro, because I hope we can get everybody out to vote this time. Because this is local now. You've been affected. It has, it has personally affected you. So now it's time to get out and vote. Remember, we're not outnumbered. We are out-organized. If we don't know our history of fire-laden torches, we are doomed to repeat it. We are doomed to return to where we started. It's happening already. Banning cultural books. Whitewashing reality and history. Look at January 6th. They tried to act like that didn't happen. Really? I mean, my goodness. Assault on CRT, the redaction of voting rights state by state. The abortion precedent by the Supreme Court is now being revisited. The resegregation of schools, financial inequality, and the killing of unarmed black men. Y'all, I can go on and on and on. But I'm going to ask you today, are you the temperature or are you the thermostat? Are you the temperature or are you the thermostat? The difference. The thermostat measures how hot it is and how cold it is. But the temperature, the temperature sets how hot it is and how cold it is. I'm talking about riding and flying. Now, we ain't riding right now. We flying. The temperature sets it. Are you going to take the initiative to set for change? Or are you going to sit back and watch as the winters go by? Are you going to just do that? Or will you be the temperature today, ladies and gentlemen? Melissa Wallace, my mother. And Greg said this at the Black History thing, said that I don't care what society done to you. It may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. Your high part is going to graduate and you either going to be employed, you're going to enlist, or you're going to enroll. 
That's that one caring adult away from success. She raised three boys and all of us went to college and got advanced degrees, all of us. One is an entrepreneur, business owner right here. I'm at the state and my brother just received a promotion to go to Chapel Hill Medical, Medical Hospital, okay? Invest in your human capital and the results will take care of themselves. Mom was the personification of selfless versus selfish. The true personification. My father was pay now. You know, play, pay now, play now so you can pay now so you can play later. That's exactly what it is. Because if you play now, you will pay later. That's how Pops was. Military man, 30 years in the Navy. He didn't play. Just like yours, Greg. Don't let perfect be the barrier to good. Just keep giving your best version of yourself every single day. But that's sometimes not good enough, is it, y'all? Oh, I'm about to take a page out of Maestro one night now. We live in the age of judgment, CL. I know it. Give me, give me seven minutes, I'll be done. We live in the age of judgment right now. Somebody always got something to say about somebody. But they better listen to God's word. Judge not, lest ye be judged. He without sin cast the first stone. Don't bear false witness against thy neighbor. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Those are God's words, but we want to sit in judgment all the time. Look at the book, Facebook, Twitter. We judge it. Always got something to say about somebody. Go ahead. You need to look what's going on in your own house. Don't throw them stones from a glass house. But just like that, they judged me when I was coming up, Maestro. You was right there with me in Newburgh High. Something else, wasn't it? That's right. They told me that I would never go to college. They told me I wasn't college material. They told me that you might need to go in the military because even though I had good grades, got academic scholarship for Christ's sake. They were trying to deter me from what God had destined for me. Go ahead. They won't tell you that I received an academic scholarship to go to college. They didn't tell you that I was accepted in the ECU on the first try. They won't tell you that I walked on to East Carolina University and earned an academic scholarship that paid for the whole thing. Okay. Earned, a, earned an athletic scholarship and was a three-year starter and was team captain at the end of the career. They won't tell you that I played five years of post-collegiate ball, arena league and others. They won't tell you that. CFL, the whole nine. They won't tell you that I graduated from college with a dual master's in physical and cognitive rehabilitation, went back to college, lateral entry, to earn a master's degree in school administration. And this summer, just like the maestro, will be conferred as Dr. Wallace. They won't tell you that I taught algebra at Newburn High School. They won't tell you four years later I was promoted to assistant principal only after serving four years. They won't tell you that I served as an AP at Tucker Creek and West Craven Middle School. And the time when I was at West Craven Middle School, that was the only time in 10 years that we had actually made room. Won't tell you that. Won't tell you I was promoted to principal at Havelock Middle School where we closed the achievement gap. That's big time. You don't do that all. Close the academic achievement cap where my minority students outperformed the majority. And we had double digit gains the last four years. That's after CL King talked to us. Don't drop the hammer. That took us all the way through what we needed to do. They sent me to H.J. McDonald after they redistricted. And they put all the five points except for Trent Court into one school. Then they sent me there as a new principal and said, all right, you figure it out. They don't tell you that. And we still we still, those babies still perform. 
they still had double digit gains. They still had high growth both years that I was, both years at H.J. McDonald. They won't tell you that. Those kids were on a mission. It was us against the world. And that's exactly how those babies performed. They won't tell you that it went out west, the West Craven, and laid the foundations for the first career academy in Craven County Schools. They, they won't tell you that. They won't tell you that we built a culture, a power hour, where kids could behave themselves for a whole hour, roam the whole school, and don't fight, and don't do anything inappropriate in the bathroom, and don't go smoke, and don't do that. They were just kids. You invest in the children, and they will take care of it. They won't tell you that. They won't tell you all the bad stuff. They won't tell you in 2018, this little black boy from five points would ascend to the top of the state and be named the North Carolina State Principal of the Year. Yeah. That means you're the best in the field in the state for that year. It won't tell you in 2019, he was sent up to Washington as the nascent national principal of the year from North Carolina to buy for that title. Go ahead. They won't tell you we had a viral moment in 2020 where I was on Fox, MSNBC, CNN, all those channels because we had a viral moment because we took care of our babies during the pandemic, performing a graduation right there on the daggone doorstep of their house. They won't tell you that. They won't tell you that Ellen herself flew a joker out on a 12 hours notice to give him 25,000 to lay on his children when he got back. They won't tell you that, CL. They won't tell you that want to sit and talk about somebody, want to talk about somebody ain't going to cause them to do that. I can't wait to see that council that said that I'm just going to give them the blinks and just look at them. I don't have to say anything, man. The work I've done speak for me. You, If you don't know where you come from, you are doomed to repeat it. If you don't respect that torch that's coming your way, you won't be able to continue the torch running as they go. They won't tell you that they called me a, a statistic CL. They won't tell you that I had a child at 16 years old. You'll never be nothing. What are you going to do with yourself now? Why would you bring that child into something like that and make her go through a life like that? They called me a statistic. Well, I tell you what, we must be the standard now because that same trio that they talked about and said wouldn't make it. My wife, is the principal of Grandma Barton and is killing it right now. She's got her doctorate and she graduated with advanced degree from East Carolina. My child graduated from East Carolina in three and a half years and now is one of the tippity top property managers in Virginia. They won't tell you that. That's that family from Five Points that has come out and done stuff with this. They won't tell you, I can't, they won't tell you what black excellence can do. And in my closing, I will tell you this. The reason why I continue to say ride or fly, nobody understands what, it, what it's about, okay? When you're riding, you allow fate and other people to determine the trajectory of your life. When you're riding, you're just coasting along. And if you go to college, you go to college. If you go work at McDonald's, you go to work at McDonald's. If you go to community college, you go. It's just wherever life takes you, you go. But when you're flying, you dictate that. You are the temperature. You dictate where you're going. You set the path you want to do. You work to get it, and then you take off until you ascend to success. You ascend to success. You go and get what God has promised for you. You don't wait for anybody to give it to you. And I will end with this. Just like Maestro said, Martin Luther King, he's got a million of them. God has allowed me at the Raleigh, at, at, in, in, in Raleigh and what we're seeing, because we're in the upper echelon of education, all right? God has allowed me to go to the mountaintop. 
and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. Yeah. Let me tell you something, y'all. I might not get there with you. Heck, I might be fired on Monday, but I'm telling you tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm not worried about that now. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of what black excellence can do. And I'm out. I'm telling you, CL, you said to take it off. That's what it is right now. That's what it is right now. Over to you, CL. Lord have mercy. Got me in sweat, boy. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, oh. you heard it here tonight. Oh. Oh. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it from Tabari Wallace. Tabari Wallace has completely burned the whole station up. And we are so thankful. He said he, he going to get there with us. Don't you prophesy like that. Uh, the chat has just absolutely blew up. And uh, there's so much to say. I don't think I'm going to say anything. Greg Singleton, Maestro, Tabari Wallace. I think our ancestors will be proud of how we close this Black History Month down. I think our ancestors will be proud. This will probably go down as one of the top things we've produced all year. Thank you, Dr. Tabari Wallace. I hope to be there when they pin your doctorate wings on you. Uh, Maestro, I hope to be there when you get yours, brother. Brother Singleton, I'm hoping that they take your model and put it in every stinking county across the country, sir. And I want y'all to know that this platform is open to you day or night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're going to promote it. We ain't going to stop talking about it. Y'all got y'all got people that don't even get on Facebook on Facebook tonight, y'all. They said it was three times the fire. I thank you for the fire. This has been your, your, your host. I feel very inadequate right now. <laughs> the Impact Motivator with Tabari Wallace, the maestro, and, of course, Greg Singleton. God bless you, gentlemen. I hope you all have a great night. Take care.